What's happening? It's your boy Mark Henry back on the On Your Mark show. Powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Every play I compete. Do you just wake up and go hard? Be epic. We have a new studio home. Fishbowl Studios. The On Your Mark show is going to bring it to you every Wednesday. Every week we're going to talk recruiting, the best games around the state, and in the DFW we'll get parents, players, coaches involved right here at Fishbowl Studios. Wednesday from 11 to 12. You can follow us on Facebook at On The Mark Sports. On Twitter at markin 44 on IG, Instagram at markin underscore 44. We are epic every week. Check out the On Your Mark show at Fishbowl Studios. We out. What it do? What's happening? It's your boy Mark Henry back on the On Your Mark show from Fishbowl Studios. Each week, 11 to 12, we got it going on for you. I got three guys that I love, three guys that I respect. Got Coach Jay from Epic Sports Apparel. Got my guy, Coach Willie Powell from Fast Performance, and my right-hand man, Scott Rapp from Prep Red Zone, Texas. What's going on, fellas? How's everybody doing? What's going on? We good. good. Hand, we good, baby. Let's go. Let's get it, man. Let's jump right into Epic Sports Apparel. They are our sponsor of the On Your Mark show. Got CEO Stephon Johnson. Coach, just give me the backdrop, kind of what everything started, and what's the, the genesis of Epic Sports Apparel? Well, number one, man, Epic stands for Every Play I Compete. And the, the, the whole thing was to give athletes of any sport, any walk of life, whether it's badminton, football, golf, whatever, something that they can be proud of because, you know, we, we always preach and compete, you know, compete at a high level. So if you do something at a high level, there's a very, very high chance of something being epic. So it just kind of, you know, came about. Uh, honestly, just thinking of what can I do in in the space to to be different, you know. And I came up with the name Epic. Then I broke it down to to every play I compete, and it stuck. And that's been my my mantra, you know. In our training, you know, it, it's always compete, prepare, compete, you know, be ready, work while you wait, all of that. So it's just kind of worked out. Now, let's talk about, you talked about the training a little bit. Just mm-hmm. give us a little bit on the background of the training. Uh, it started out with coast to coast. Uh, started out in the track. Started out in football. A little bit of everything. Just talk about that a little bit. Functional movement is the foundation of what coast to coast is. So, coast to coast started as a track team 23 years ago. And we um, kind of branched off into seven on seven. Um you know, just really making sure that young men, young women had a, a strong foundation. So I, I got certified in functional movement about 13 years ago, and that was very important as far as how, you know, I train all the kids that come across w- with me. It all ends back to speed, you know, so my, my slogan is half speed will travel, just like the old Western, half gun will travel. Uh, because for me it was like I can take 10 kids, pull up anywhere in the country, and, and we're going to show you what we can do. And we won a whole lot all over the country. So, you know, it wasn't about the the numbers. It was more about, you know, how many kids can I get that are, you know, people say underachievers. I want to open them up. I want to basically take them from nowhere to somewhere and give them an opportunity to be great. And that's by teaching them their own bodies. You know, how do you utilize your body, which is functional movement, right? You can go from one sport to any sport if you understand how to move, you know, and the speed will come from that. So that, that's been the foundation. Um, I hate that not able to do a whole lot of track right now because it's just not enough time in the day. You know, we're, we're doing seven on seven. But hopefully at some point, you know, one of the kids that, came from the program can come in and, and bring the track part back. I'm working on it, so I'm, I'm really close. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep working towards that. Well, definitely, Coach. Like I say all the time, the proof is in the pudding. Your resume speaks for itself. Appreciate let's it. talk about Epic just a little bit, Epic athletes. Uh, that's something that you've been introducing, and we'll get to flex on after that. But uh, give me what your thought process was behind that. So the thought process behind that was, you know, guys like, yourself, Scott, to start identifying, you know, kids that 
carry that mantra, kids that are going to be that I'm going to go hard from the beginning to the end. You know, I want to really and, – and those kids aren't always your, your five-star kids. They're workhorses, right? Um, that That's important because I think we've gotten away from that compete for competition sake. And I say that because I'm on the sidelines a lot, and a kid will be like, Coach, take a picture of me. I'm like, dude, it's a game going right now. Like, you should be locked in, you know. So it's right after a game, can I get those pictures? Can I get the video? You know, it's like, dude, like, are you locked in? You know, so I, I think we've we've social media, we've gotten away from that that hungry that, you know, when we were coming up, it was, man, I, rock, paper, scissors, I'm trying to win. You know, <laughs> I tell people all the time, man, if I'm playing marbles against my grandmama, she ain't, look, yeah. I'd be like, G, G-Ma, shouldn't play me. <laughs> I'm a competitor. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to take it. You know, I want to win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think um, giving a spotlight to those kids, you know, because you don't really hear about them enough. You hear about the guys with the measurables and, you know, but what about that one that whenever you see him, he going and he ain't stopping. You know what I'm saying? He's laser focused. Those are the kids that, you know, I want us to continue to, to give a spotlight. Everybody talks about, you know, all the all the big stars and, and all of that. Let's talk about the workhorses. So that's kind of where the, the epic athletes come in at. You know, and again, it's every play I compete. I'm, I want to find them. Where are they? You know, those are kids I want to know. Absolutely. Something great's going to happen for them, you know. And, and just to give you a, a quick story about that, not to even bring my son up, but, you know, his opportunity as a starter um, this past Saturday, right, is the epitome of exactly what I talk about. Exactly. Every play, I, from play one, you can go back and look at the film, to the end of the game, you know, mm-hmm. he competed at a high level. I push that in his brain. You know, if you're going to do it, go hard until the end, you know, or don't do it at all. So those are the kids that, you know, I want us to continue to focus on. And and I appreciate you guys for helping in that. Absolutely. Shout out to my guy, Stephon Boogie Johnson. Big game, over 90 yards. He's going to crack that end zone. I can tell his, his body language. He's hungry for it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, yeah. I, I – you know him personally, so it's kind of different seeing it on the next level, and that's what it's all about. Uh, that segues right into Flex Zone One Hundred Ones. Uh, we had a couple of camps. Scott was involved as well. Uh, just talk about the Flex Zone as well, of what that's going to be like. Uh, talk about that a little bit. So I, I need this man next to me to, to show up. I need I need <laughs> I need Willie there. So right, right, talk to him. The 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 concept behind Flex Zone was. Willie does camps. You know, I, I've I've done many camps, helped at a whole lot of camps. And the the one thing that I've always seen, you know, in the, in a camp setting is somewhat of a bias, right? And, and in saying that, it's, you know, how do you get to the MVPs? You know, mm. who who – if you go to a camp, everybody – you know, you got 300 kids there – doing your drills, you know, everybody do the thing, one-on-ones. How do you get to the MVP, right? Yeah. So a lot of people say, well, man, it's always, you know, the, the big names and blah, blah, blah. So I say, you know what, let me create a, a system that includes everybody. So that way when you show up, no matter how tall you are, how small you are, you know, you have an opportunity to be seen. We're going to look at you mm. every single rep. You know, so we score everything based on we use one route tree and it's mandatory that everybody use that route tree. So your quarterback is being held accountable. DB is being held accountable. Our coaches are being held accountable. Receivers held accountable, right? So it's I don't care who you are, what your name is. And the very first one, I think my son might have won one medal. And people are like, you know, he didn't do nothing. You know, he was eighth grade, but he had a bad camp. You don't get rewarded for that. Because it's, it's really, when you think about it, when you go to a, a college camp, right, the work that you put in, you can either walk away empty-handed or you can walk away with 
a relationship or the big one, the O. Right. Right. So what are you doing as a kid, as a youth, to prepare mentally, right? So when you're there, you say, okay, I've been in situations where I know when I get there, this is what I have to do, right? And and not saying that, you know, and there is a space for everything. You have your exposure camps. You have your camps where you go and add tricks to the bag. This is just competition, right? Go to those, and I, I encourage every kid, every parent, you know, if you can afford it, go because the experience, right? You want to learn as much as you can about all your competitors. This is just a different lane in the sense of, you know, you're coming straight competition, period. You know, mm-hmm. and if you get the highest score, and we do an IQ test when you walk in, you know, and funny part is most kids don't pass. So, <laughs> I, and, and I, I tell that to the parents to say, you know, you're looking at the game from the outside, but do you honestly know if your kid has football IQ? Because a lot of mistakes they're making isn't because physically they can't – they just don't know what to do. Right. And that so that's why we're going fourth through ninth grade, yeah. you know, to give a foundation and an elevator to what you can do once you get to high school. So I, I, I believe in it. Kids love it. Parents love it. You know, if I can get more guys like – to show up and shout out to all man, all my coaches, man. That's 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 rocking. Shout out, we gonna keep adding guys. Um, we're we're working on dates right now, so be be ready, y'all. Flex zone is coming. Absolutely, it's coming. And and, and uh, part of that is the on your mark show as well, sponsored by Absolutely Apparel. Every play I compete. Uh, two guys that I know that stuck out, and I'll get Scott to weigh in on this. Uh, the first guy I like from the flex zone. And I still follow him as Caleb Cruz. He's from Midland, Texas, uh, class of 2027. I think one of the most fundamentally sound defensive backs that I've seen at a young age like that. And then he jumps over on the offensive side. And it's just his ice water in his veins over there as well. Uh, I really, really like everything that he does, the footwork, the hips. He's always in position to make a play. Whether he looks like he's being beat, he kind of fools the quarterback. Uh, But uh, I think that this guy, I can't wait till he gets to high school. You know, shout out to my guy, Caleb Cruz. Uh, his family, they do a great job of social media exposure as well. Mm-hmm. We'll get you guys to chime in on that. But, Scott, just talk about Caleb Cruz a little bit. Yeah, I've actually known Caleb since uh, the youth football days, being uh, from Midland, Texas myself. Um, the kid has the motor and the juice. I mean, nonstop, the kid will get it. I mean, he just he stands out above the rest that is in class of 2027. I mean, the kid's unreal. Um, I I would almost put money on it that he's a starter as a freshman mm. on the Midland Legacy squad. That, that's my opinion. I think so, too. I, I, I can't wait to see him on a high school level. Some of, some of the stuff that he does in the middle school against a regular middle school team just looks unfair. Right. I mean, the Absolutely. guy's just explosive. He turns on another gear, and then he's savvy with whatever he does. Ball handling is great when he has it in his hand. I just love his game. But, uh, Coach, talk about Caleb just a little bit. What he said. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, listen. From 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 day one, I was like, "Dude, your ceiling is is amazingly high," you know. And talk to his dad, you know, call a checkup on him. Where am I do that? Oh, he training, you know. That's the recipe. The working. Yeah. That that is that is the recipe, and it goes back to what you said. You know, he's always doing something. You said the same thing. Every play, I compete. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter with that kid, his motor, you know, and he's undersized right now, mm-hmm. but he plays like a giant. Right. You know, yeah. and, and those are the kids that I love, I love, I love, I love to support, you know, because, again, a lot of times you don't get a whole lot of publicity, you know, because you're you're undersized, you know, but this kid can go. And then where he's from, right. you know, he comes to Dallas. And locks up dudes, being from <laughs> Midland, yep. you know, and dudes like, wait, what? Where are you from? <laughs> you know, like, huh? Like, <laughs> and and I mean, he has a swag, and he gonna tell you, look, don't worry about where I'm from. Getting getting these lines, man. I got something for you, right? You know, an, an amazing kid, and, and also amazing family. You know, they've done a great job. You know what? I think a lot of people will say, 
you know, they've watched my journey, you know, with, with Boogie for years, and they'll see that the namesake is, you know, again, coast to coast because I, I travel, you know, whether it's my track team or camps or, you know, we will pull up, you know, if it's some heat on the West Coast, you ready? Let's go, y'all. And, and we're going. We're going to go find it, you know, because it was important to make sure kids understand not just my son but the other kids that travel with us to understand that there's competition. There's guys working everywhere. And it's easy, you know, to sit in a sandbox, but until you actually get out there and, and say, man, these dudes just like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're they from a different area, but they do the same stuff I do, right? So now, mm-hmm. fast forward, when you get to college, you're like, man, I, I faced you years ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I know you personally. We camp together. We, You know what I'm saying? So I, I know what that looks like versus a lot of kids get shell-shocked because they get out of their sandbox and the world is too big right. and they can't adjust fast enough, you know. Um, but, man, Caleb is, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. that dude. He like that. Yeah, he that dude. Yeah. We'll be taking tri- some trips down there to, to cover that guy Absolutely. for years to come. Absolutely. Like, that that's a trip. I'm like calendar. I'm I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. definitely puts in the work. Definitely puts in hey, the work. Man, definitely. If y'all don't know, Caleb Cruz, twenty twenty seven, Midland, Texas. And it, it's Get a, to know him. It's a it's a young Powell kid coming out from somewhere. That's that's gonna be sweet too. We're gonna a get into bit, that in just a little bit. bit. <laughs> that's a prelude to a next segment. But uh, coach. Also, talk about the, the gear a little bit, uh, you know, the athletic gear that you got, where they can find it, the website and everything. Everyplayicompete.com. Uh, we are slowly adding, you know, new things to the website. Uh, the growth, you know, honestly is I, I'm not trying to grow very fast because I want to make sure that I put out a great product, you know, and, and being a black-owned business, I understand the scrutiny of, you know, making sure that everything is, you know, top of the line. So it's not I want to rush to to corner the market with anything. It's just any and everything that I put out, I want it to be great. You know, Mm -hmm. I want it to be epic. So um, we are really big on, on custom apparel. So if you guys need anything custom, go to the website. Our email address is there reach out we'll we'll definitely you know make it work and we stand by everything that we do you know i've lost and i'm not afraid to say it you know i've lost money on i had stuff come in and right not the right size you know it happens you know it's it's the industry um as a matter of fact i did a whole coaches search for some coaches uh 56 shirts and i think 20 of them were the wrong size. Mm. I redid every last one of them just to show the customer, you know, hey, I'm serious about what I do, right. you know, mm-hmm. and they didn't have to pay a dime for it, you know, because I don't want to make those mistakes, but it happens, you know. So I, I ate the bullet, you know, hey, I'll remake them all, there you, go. you know. So that's kind of where, you know, I stand as far as, my approach, you know, and, and that's just growing up Sears, you know, Absolutely. how Sears stayed in <laughs> business for so long, Bally Shoes, you know, I was in college, I worked for Bally Shoes. Those guys stayed in, in business for so long because their customer service was outstanding. So mm-hmm. to be a great business, you got to have customer service. You're going to make mistakes, you know, own up to it, fix it, keep it moving. And that's kind of, that's where we stand. Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming on. Look for no, Coach I think to be you. here every week. He's Absolutely. He's going to be the co-host. Powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel, the On Your Mark show here at Fishbowl Studios. We're going to pause, take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Coach Willie Powell from Fast Performance. Yes. Let's go. What's happening? It's your boy Mark Henry back on the On Your Mark show. Powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Every play I compete. Do you just wake up and go hard? Be epic. We have a new studio home. Fishbowl Studios. The On Your Mark show is going to bring it to you every Wednesday. Every week we're going to talk recruiting, the best games around the state, and in the DFW we'll get parents, players, coaches involved right here at Fishbowl Studios. Wednesday from 11 to 12. You can follow us on Facebook at On The Mark Sports. On Twitter at 
MarkHen44 on IG, Instagram at MarkHen underscore 44. We are epic every week. Check out the On Your Mark show at Fishbowl Studios. We out. We're back here on the On Your Mark show from Fishbowl Studios each week, 11 to 12. Man, in a beautiful Bedford, Texas, powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel, every player I compete. I'm going to bring in my guy, Coach Willie Powell from Fast Performance. Coach, tell me what's going on. How you feeling? Man, I'm great, Mark Ham, Man, I appreciate you having me on your show, man. I'm excited. This man, is awesome. anytime. You know, this is not our first rodeo, man. But yeah. just tell me how you got started a little bit. First, let's go back a little bit yeah. about you. I like always the coaches. I like to tell their background, tell their stories. Okay. Man. Looking up a few things, playing a little quarterback in Virginia and yeah, everything. Just talk yeah, about that a yeah. little bit. Come on now. Hey, I got that cannon. I don't get it twisted. All right. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so, true story. I was a hooper. I was born in New York, right? And, okay. and when you grow up in the Bronx, everything is basketball. You know, you only need one person in a ball, and that was me in the ball to go play. I didn't even have a hoop. We shooting on the fallout signs. We shooting on inner tires. That's what we did growing up. Football, you know, sometimes you got to have somebody throw it to. You got to run with them. So, we didn't really have that. A lot of concrete where I grew up. I moved to Virginia. Mom took a job in Northern Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. That's where we claim the hometown, Northern Virginia, for those DMV, for others who may know what that is. No doubt. Uh, so I go there, and I, I link up with a bunch of good friends who all hoop. And so we're hooping, having a good time. This is middle school. I moved when I was in sixth grade. So I was a new kid in that transitional puberty stage, and it was like, dang, I'm the new guy. I always was taught the best way to make friends is go play sports. Right, so I'm in there hooping with them, and then, you know, I'm New York at that point. Hey, man, we got New York on our team. And so I'm out there hooping and, you know, just showing my athleticism, showing them I love to pass the ball. I fashion myself after after Grant Hill at that age of stage. This was 91. This is Duke, the height of Duke basketball. Grant was in uh, Northern Virginia. That's where he's from. So I was like, I'm going to be like Grant. I want everybody to want to be on my team. And so I had a good upbringing in terms of playing hoops. But then freshman year in high school comes, and everybody's going out for the football team. Well, at this point, I'm in the marching band, and I'm playing basketball. Football's not even on my radar. But my boys are like, look, man, you need to come play football with us to waste time before basketball season. So I go out there, and I'm like, well, shoot, my favorite football team is the 49ers. I grew up watching Jerry Rice, yeah. right? Ronnie Lott, you know, Tom Raffin, Brent Jones, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Those were my guys. Roger my family's all, Exactly. My family's Ooh. all from New York. And so I wanted any team that was going to be beating up on them. So they <laughs> sitting on one couch rooting for the Giants. I'm on the other couch room for the 49ers. Yeah. So every missed field goal, every big catch, every big play, I'm all, I mean, it was life and death in our households. And so football wasn't on the radar. So I get to freshman year, and the coach is like, uh, who's going to play receiver? Everybody hand goes up. Who's going to play quarterback? And it was like two people. And at that point, they were like, look, we need some people to play quarterback. So my boy nudges me and said, look, you play quarterback, you touch the ball every play. I said, I like those odds. He said, you play neighborhood quarterback when we do neighborhood versus neighborhood. you always all-time QB. You need to do it. So I go. That first year, we go undefeated. Right? Had a great group of kids. We went undefeated. Sophomore year, I'm splitting time between JV and varsity, playing a little bit of DB, but mostly QB. We go undefeated again. And then my first touch on varsity, homecoming, take it to the house. Coach is like, we got one. Right? And at that point, I'm like, shoot, I, you know, this football thing ain't that bad. <laughs> but I'm still hooping. I'm, you know, I was on JV as a freshman and then, you know, moving up the ranks in hoops. But he was like, look. It's 12 scholarships in basketball. It's 85 in football. Do the math. So, you know, I love math. I was a good kid in school now. We're, well, shoot, 85, all right, 12. He was like, look, a 6'2 guard in the DMV, D.C. area, diamond doesn't. And we talk, we're going up against, like, T-Mac, right? 6'7 coming mm -hmm. down the lane, banging on people from Mount Zion. You're like, uh, I, I can shoot. I can dunk. But I ain't doing that. Right. But a 6'2 quarterback, a 6'2 receiver, a 6'2 DB makes a whole lot more sense. Then he starts looking at the letters I was getting. And I was getting, you know, decently recruited, mid-majors mid in basketball, nothing crazy. Like I wasn't going to, you know, be the next uh, J.J. Redick or nothing like that. But I look at the football ones, and I'm getting letters from Coach Blake out of o uh, Oklahoma. I'm getting letters from Mummy in Kentucky. I'm getting letters from Ohio State. I'm like, man, this is real. So then I went to one camp. And I was the Michigan camp. My mom got for me to send me to one camp. I went to the Michigan camp. I got a top DB award. I made it to the finals of the Smokehouse. I met Brady and Woodson. Woodson was my favorite player in college growing up. And so I went to that camp. When I came home, I had offers. I had opportunities to go. And then I was fortunate to keep going. We made it all the way to the state semifinals my senior year as a quarterback and DB. And uh, got a full ride to Virginia Tech. And like they say, the rest is history, man. Absolutely. Talk yeah. about Virginia Tech a little bit. You know, a lot of times people recognize Virginia Tech from uh, Mike Vick, yeah. uh, one of the most famous players to come out of there. But uh, talk to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, it's funny you brought, brought up that name specifically because Mike and I were in the same recruiting class, class of 98. 
And many people in Virginia Tech, you know, will say that was the class that put us over the edge. We had good depth. We had good veteran leadership going in. We just needed that spark, that dynamic athlete, that group of athletes to come in. And Mike led the charge. And so Mike played quarterback, obviously. Willie Powell played quarterback. Mike was from down to 757. He was the number two player in his area. The number one player, not only in his area and in the country, was a guy by the name of Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry is now the receivers coach, maybe co-OC in New Orleans Saints. Yes. But Ron C. was the guy. Yes. So if you think about what Kyler Murray did here, yeah. Ron was doing that 15 years ago. I prior. remember that. And mm-hmm. when I say the GOAT, this dude could have been an All-American safety, All-American punt returner, and a quarterback, and a receiver. He ended up in the league actually playing receiver. When and he, he went to the UNC and he was the number one player in basketball. So how Kyler was a baller in baseball, yes. Ron C. had it in basketball. He was he was that guy. So Mike was kind of living in the shadows, but everybody knew Mike had talent. And so Mike comes to Virginia Tech. He wears number seven. Well, Willie Powell wore number seven too, right? <laughs> you see, I ended up in 35. See how that worked out, right? You yeah, got to learn. You learn some things real quick, coach. Adjustments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to adjust. And so I get there, and Bud Foster was my D coordinator. He's actually recruited me. So he was my, my, my physical actual recruiter. And he like, we're recruiting me as an athlete. You know, I think we got this quarterback thing handled. I was like, no doubt. But if you need me, I got it, right? But he was like, nah, I think we got a guy. And so I get to Virginia Tech, man, and I redshirt that first year. It was the best thing for me to develop physically and mentally, emotionally, just the adjustment to get to college. And I think that was a, a huge thing for me personally. It may not be for everybody, but for me, it worked out great because I was able to get to the weight room. I was able to get the pace of the classes. I was able to understand the social landscape, right? And then you start developing. And so it was that redshirt freshman year that I started getting on the field. Well, I get injured. Well, shoot, I get injured. Uh, hurt my neck, making a tackle, you know, hit the dude, tackle for loss, of course. But I got injured. So I sit out a couple games. I come back playing a JV game. And next thing you know, coach was like, we got to get this guy on the field. Well, that was the year we went to the national championship when Mike was up in the running for the Heisman. Right. So we get to the national championship. We lose to Florida State. But there was a moment in that game. And I have to send you the video. Our starting uh, safety was also the personal punt protector. He runs a fake. Beams was, you know, feeling risky. Coach Beamer. He runs a fake. Dude gets smacked. Concussion. Well, all week, Willie P was running with the twos at safety, right? Our starting corner, boundary corner, pulled a hamstring on a punt return, so he was out. So we had a freshman playing in that position. Now, I was number two for safety, but really it was our field corner who was a veteran. He's actually the DB's coach for the Titans now, Anthony Midget. He was the backup. So Coach Foster had a decision to make. Do I put a freshman in? Already have another freshman to keep my veteran over here, or do I bring in a sophomore corner and move my veteran to free safety? Because you got to be the communicator. Right. Now that whole week, I had a great week of practice that let them know that I was ready to take on that role of competing for that position. Coach looks at me, looks at the scoreboard, looks at the other guy, puts the other guy in. Undo my, undo my chin strap, and I don't know if it was even close that he was even thinking about it. But in my mind, I was like, dang, I was that close to having an impact in the game. Well, we end up losing, get beat over the top. Peter Ward makes a big play. We end up losing. And as they're holding up the gold ball, Bobby Bowden, I'm over here on the side on the bench looking at the scoreboard. I said, you know what? I'm never going to sit the bench here again, ever. That spring, I went out. I hit everything moving. Average the pick of practice. I'm smacking people in the mouth. You wasn't a teammate at that point. Everybody played for Florida State that spring. And so at that moment, Coach said, look, we punched you in as a free safety. 36 straight starts later, two-time All-American, All-Conference, led the league in picks, all that good stuff. The rest, again, was history. But I made that determination on the bench in New Orleans that I'm never going to sit the bench and be a backup here again. And that's what it took. So when I started putting my mind in stuff, I realized the power of the mind is real big. And I worked like I worked at it. I ran my fastest times. I was strong. I was uh, mentally, I was sharp. I knew everything that was going on. I knew the call before the coach knew it. And so I'm over there making adjustments. So my nickname was the general. So I'm over there getting people lined up. I'm turning guys into positions to make picks. And that was the sign of being a better football player or an elite player is how much better you can make the guys around you. And so we had guys, Ronya Whitaker played in the league, Vinny Fuller played in the league, D'Angelo Hall played in the league, Eric Green. These are all guys that were in the secondary taking orders from me, right? And they in their second round, first round pick, number eight overall, third round pick, undrafted free agent, playing five years. These are all guys that are in the secondary with me in that meeting room. And I knew at that point that my leadership, my work ethic was going to take me very, very far. And so it did. And I went to Virginia Tech and ended up leaving there, getting drafted by the Chiefs and, you know, kept going. So how did that set you up for success at the next level? You talked about getting drafted. Yeah. All of those things are kind of a microcosm of what goes on today in recruiting and mm. getting to each step at the next level. Yeah. So how did you set yourself up for success getting ready to prepare for the NFL? Hey, that's a great question, man. So when I was a um, – it started in the classroom. 
So by me redshirting, it allowed me to uh, take classes so I can prepare to graduate. I knew my, mom, my number one promise to my family was that I was going to use this opportunity to get a degree. So I got my degree in business management with a leadership minor from the Pamphlet School of Business at Virginia Tech. And so I knew when I was getting recruited, I said, what's your business program like? I knew what I wanted to study. I knew what I wanted to get into. I knew what I wanted to learn going in. So having a plan going in was number one. So I went in and said, I'm going to graduate so that I can use my last year to focus on being a pro. And so I graduated basically three and a half years. My last year was an internship, my last semester. So then my redshirt senior year, which is my fifth year, I took past fail classes and was watching soap operas. Right. I was treat. I, I would go to work, work out. I would go watch film. I would go to practice. I would go work out. I would go watch film. I would go to practice. Then we play. And I kept that schedule my senior year, first semester, while football season was going on. And that was a precursor to what the league was going to be like. You go to work. You got to go work out. You go to training room. You go lift. You go to meetings. You go to practice. That's what it was. You take care of your body. And so at that age, I started understanding that I needed to create this environment that was going to prepare me for what life would be like as a pro. So I made my circle a lot smaller. Right. I wasn't necessarily dealing with a whole bunch of folks that were in the community. I was more so keeping it strictly to my family, you know, my good friends, the guys on the team. I made that circle a lot smaller. I started realizing the things that I was putting into my system, what I eat, the the supplements. I wasn't big on supplements, but in college, they make you take them. So uh, what am I putting into my body? What am I eating? What type of rest am I getting? Right. I'm going to still have fun. Like, you know, we part of this college. But at the same time, I started focusing on what is it going to be like to get ready for the league. So when I went through that last year, um, in college, and then that second semester, I went to go train up in New Jersey at Parisi. I knew that I was already prepared to be a professional, just based on how I approached that whole thing, starting from my freshman year all the way through my redshirt senior year, how I approached it, I knew I was going to be ready for the league. Well, definitely, uh, you know, that that was kind of why I wanted to ask that question, because this all goes back into recruiting and how everything is shaped up these days. It's a lot faster, uh, I think, that athletes at the high school level with guys like Coach and yourself, yeah. are better prepared. You know, and we're going to get to 707 and how that prepares those guys yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but is that kind of what the genesis of fast performance was? Talk Ab about that Absolutely. A no, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, fast performance, you know, like, like Coach over here, you know, we, we got the same mind because we love those acronyms. Right, Absolutely. every day. When I go and speak, I do a lot of speaking engagements. Absolutely. I host events. I do charity gators. I do all that stuff. And I love using acronyms because it takes something, a big picture idea, breaks it down into small parts, and then bring it back together to make sense. Right? And so it's that whole part, part, whole teaching method and mentality. And so with FAST, it's footwork, agility, speed, strength, and technique. So those are the five core areas I believe in in sports performance. You got to have good footwork, right? Outside of swimming, Every sport has to have good footwork. Every sport. Right? Even golf, because believe me, I shift my feet a lot when I'm swinging that club. So your feet got to be right, right? Right. Your uh, agility, right? For sport specific, right? Agility, your speed, sport specific speed, your strength, sport specific strength, your technique, sport specific technique. Every sport that we play involves those five core principles. And so what we do is we bring it out of them. Hey, let's get your footwork right. Let's get your agility right. A kid may be strong in one area and weak in another. How can we bring that up so it all becomes a strength? And so I started in 2014 um, after I retired. I ended up playing 10 years as a professional. I did uh, drafted by Kansas City in the seventh round, was there 03, 04, beginning of 05, got released, came to Dallas 05 and 06, got released there, finished up in Toronto in the CFL from 07 to 2012. And so 10 years, I'm gathering all this information on how to train, how to get ready, how to prepare, how to take care of your body, what areas I need to develop. Because I had a me. Um, I had somebody that was like me coming up by the name of James Church. And I would go to uh, Virginia Beach and go train with him. And his son is actually Coach Church, who's on my 707 staff. He's uh, His son is uh, train, uh, coaches with me. But Coach Church would have us, and he would break down, hey, man, you need to work on this. You need to run hills. You need to get stronger here. You need to develop more quad strength. So he would break that stuff down. And so I had that. So that was kind of the inspiration really behind it. How can I be like him, successful, family-oriented, got great kids, got a great business, but he's making time to give back to guys like myself and my best friend, Keith Burnell, who introduced me to him and actually introduced me and my wife. Um, how, how is he making time to give back to us to make sure we have opportunities? And so that's what was the, the inspiration behind it. So when I created Fast, I was like, man, I need to... I need to have something that I can use and leverage my experience, my um, opportunities, my network to help the next wave of athletes. Selfishly, it started with my son, Jalen, 
And then it expanded to his friends, his teammates. Then we created a flag team. The next thing you know, we're doing sevens. And then now we have a whole organization where we're training, we're developing, we're competing, we're giving exposure, we're giving them the mental side, we're giving them guidance on the recruiting path, right? We're connecting them with social media guys like yourself. Like, we're doing all those things now, but the, the inspiration and the start behind it was just, you know, great people doing what was right for these young men. Now, how important is it? Uh, you know, in the athlete spectrum as far as – because you start at the younger ages. Yeah. You know, I've seen you at the 707s, and you got these guys before they get to high school. Mm -hmm. So that's preparing them for when they get there mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So what was the, uh, you know, process, thought processes on that as well? You know, it, that's important because we actually – when I first started training, I was working with guys getting ready for the draft. Right. Like that was my bread and butter was helping guys – come in as college guys and then we were trained on those eight weeks leading up to their pro day or combine and then send them off then get them back before training camp mini camp and training camp so that was how i really started doing that but then i realized if the pyramid of success in football and at the top is the nfl and at the bottom is the all the kids trying to play i needed to flip it upside down and focus on the base so that as they funnel through those you know one percent of the one percent can actually get to where i was fortunate to get to and so we know that that's a small window but up here, there's a lot of athletes who are trying to work towards that. So I focused on that aspect and funneled it back down towards my pro guys. And so when you say, how did you determine to get the younger athlete? That was the model. It was, okay, if uh, at one point, you know, 1,900 guys can say that I'm in the NFL, right? 90-man offseason or, you know, or 3,000 guys, if you will. And 90-man offseason roster in the NFL. Well, shoot, it's 3,000 kids between South Lake Keller, Grapevine, Colleyville, Coppell, like it's a lot of kids there that want to develop in not just football, but baseball, soccer, basketball, um, swimming. I've had cheerleaders, like we get them all sports. And so how can I help them get to their next level, right? Their next level may be B team to A team, right? B team to A team starter, A team to JV. Like their next level is each individual's path. But for me, how can I help them get there? Well, you teach them the work ethic. Then you show them how to do it. And then you show them how, in their sport, they can get better. And so by doing that, man, we started getting these athletes going. And then going back to your point of getting them young, when you get them young, you get to put your imprint on how they need to work, how they can approach situations. And then you let their natural abilities and want to take over. Every parent I get, every athlete I get, I preface every conversation with, if this is what you want to do. Right? Because like Coach said in the first segment, if this is what you want to do, then we're going to go all in. Right? If you're kind of halfway, you feel like you're getting forced to do it, Don't well, you know it. what? Yeah, we got opportunities for you over here. Yeah. No problem. But my goal is results-oriented. Right? Our program, you see the athletes that come out of there, it's results-driven. If we're not getting results, we ain't going to have to be in business too long. But we're getting results. And so that allows us to keep pushing. And so to your point, I get them and I like to get them when they're younger so that you start doing the imprint on how to work, how to approach situations, how to train, how to develop, how to create an environment around yourself so that you can keep going forward. Now let's flip the script to 707 for yeah. a second. Uh, I know – you guys have one of the better teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, you won a lot of lot of games and stuff because, you know, we travel on the 707 circuit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's big now. I think it develops the quarterbacks, uh, you know, at a higher level now. Yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit and what you think the uh, development process is with 707. You know, 707 is, is, uh, is just a natural uh, progression. Like these kids, and I work with USA Football. Uh, I'm an ambassador for them. And one of the things we always talk about is there are multiple entry points to the sport of football, right? Football was one of those where little kids, and I'm sure y'all know from the select days, where they would put helmets and shoulder pads on six-year-olds and put them on 53 and a half wide by 120-yard field. And that was it. Y'all are playing full. But you wouldn't put a five-year-old on a 10-foot basketball goal, right? You wouldn't put a three-year-old on a full tennis court. Right. Even hockey, they play sideways and then they go this way. Right. Baseball, you start on coach pitch or T-ball and coach pitch and then machine and then you get to the full and then you still got to go 60 feet six once you get to high school. So there was always a progression. And I felt like in football, it was lacking that. And so when flag came about, we jumped on it. We were playing in under the lights in Southlake and we had a good group and we were fortunate to have a, a really good group of athletes that were homegrown. Everybody was from the same community. So that was the first thing and which was rare. Right. We didn't go out and get guys. We were local. And so we had all those kids. We played flag. And then at fourth and fifth grade, I started to tell them that flag is going to, you know, not going to be a realistic um, picture of what football is going to be going forward. Right. We're not going to be reaching and trying to pull flags in the short area space, you know, where you turn like this and the kid can't get you. So that's not realistic. We need to give the quarterbacks 
a spatial awareness of the width, the length of the field, like how exactly they need to execute. And so by doing that, I said, we're going to transition to 707. So the first two years, we just did league play, didn't do any tournaments. Then COVID hit. And I said, this is the year we wanted to get out and play real tournaments. It was our sixth grade year. So two years ago. So we put that group together, all homegrown. We went out and we played in Texas Elite Tournament. So we went and played there. They had a circuit. You can put it to a calendar. They're going to play twice a month. They got league play every two months. It was like it was a great landing spot for us. So we go and we play and we win. And then we show up again and we win again. And next thing you know, we win. And next thing you know, we didn't lose a single game. So at that point, I'm like, shoot, these guys, they got a little something. All right, we might need to keep this group together. And so we were fortunate because in 7-on-7, seven seven, it really is about the quarterback. Right, you gotta have a connection with your guy, and he has to see what you see. Cause I'm not back there, you know, remote control telling him where to go. He has to see it. We're fortunate. We got a kid by the name of Angelo Renda. He's a freshman over at South Lake Carroll now. Dude is a monster. Right, can sling it, can run. He's just a great football player. Right, a tremendous athlete. But he understands, and he was this. He never got too high, never got too low. I need my guys here. And so Ange was that for us. His nickname is Cheetah, obviously, because he can run. and uh, But he can spin it. And so when we put Ange at quarterback and we put all those pieces around him, those athletes that can run routes and get open, you know, we really started to make some noise. So we played up in a couple tournaments and did really well. And then that kind of led to this eighth grade year that we just had. So as we're building up that eighth grade, I knew I was going to lose them after 14U because I wanted them to focus on high school. So what did we do? We brought in another group. We had a 12U. So then we bring in those sixth graders that are now seventh graders in middle because we're about to go into the spring but that group came in and they started winning a bunch right and so the goal was to have those teams going and then eventually stretch it all the way down to my six-year-old who's a, a kindergartner now but when he starts coming up i want him to do it then we're going to put up the red carpet behind him and say hey now we're going to follow his path but the goal was to have that first group which is the 14 you from last year go out there and ball out so we did the tournaments we traveled we went to you know we went out of state we went out of our area and we competed and those guys they showed up man they showed up. We compete. Like, if you mention Fast Elite and 707 in the same breath, people are going to say, okay, them boys can go. Right? And that's what I Absolutely. wanted. I wanted to, our three prong approach to sevens is development, competition, and exposure. Right? We develop them. We're running real concepts. Right? We're not just making up, going quads to one side, or isolating, throwing jump balls to one guy. That's cute and all, but that's not real football. Right? You're not going to get that. We're running concepts that are going to help these young men accelerate that curve when they get to high school. That was my main goal. So we're going to develop. We're running real defenses. We're running cover four. We're running pattern read. We're running cover three. We're running two man, two uh, cover two. Like they're learning real concepts. And then the next part was competition. Our practices are probably more competitive than the games. If you see us in practice, you're like, damn, them dudes going at each other like they don't know each other. But I know that was the environment we needed to create to go against teams from Houston, to go against teams from Midwest Texas. Right. To go against teams from Oklahoma and Iowa and all these other areas in Florida. When we went down there from Georgia. Right. We knew that's what it was going to take to play against those teams. And so we put them in those environments. Then the last part was exposure. Right. Once we get it, we start documenting. At first, I wasn't real big on video recording everything. And I felt, you know, like, oh, man, why should I have a camera out? But I realized that if you don't see it, did it really happen? Right. So at that point, I was like, ah, let's make sure that we're documenting it. And so now we're getting the kids and they understand the power of social media and connecting with guys like yourselves who can help their video, or their film, their tape go even further. And so we've embraced that now. Right. And I, like I said, selfishly, I've embraced it with my own son, but we've embraced it as an organization like that's going to be a key part of our development going forward. So when our teams are formed here in the next couple of weeks that we know that they're going to develop, they're going to compete every week in practice and then obviously in games and then they're going to get the exposure that they need to help their star rise even further no i love it yeah uh, man it's you know that that's the, the the whole thing is in in this community of, of training you know for for me it's it's i love that approach because it's the same as mine and i'm not one of those knuckleheads that feel like you can service every kid mm -hmm. right you can't and, and be effective, right? If if he has 10,000 kids in his program, how can he effectively service that many kids? Right. And they're going to get out of it, you know, what they need, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the kids in his area, he's able to effectively help them because the numbers are great to where he can maximize their potential every single day, mm -hmm. right? Um I just think, you know, it, situations like this or why, you know, 
kids in South Lake are where they are because they they start early. It's always this this thing where you hear a lot of people say, "Man, that that guy, he's in the NFL. He wasn't that good, you know, years ago." Well, that's because that guy kept working, you know. And sometimes guys grow later, and and they turn on later. So, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I enjoy. I mean, it's one of my favorite guys. So yeah, yeah we have you know, we have a good time, Mark. We need to get out there now. We compete, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And that, that's why I wanted to bring you on right out the gate because we yeah. want to introduce that, and that's kind of the 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 whole thing about flex on about epic and on your mark show we want to give you that exposure we want to help you in recruiting as much as we can yeah but let's talk about Jalen just a little bit Jalen Powell that's my guy Uh, he's a freshman right now receiver at South Lake Carroll Uh, let's talk about him just a little bit um and and the South Lake Carroll program you know a lot of times people don't get to see that on the inside Mm -hmm. you're there you can see it. Uh, so just shed a little light on that. You know what? I think the biggest thing for us is that we put a tremendous team around Jalen. Again, going back to what I said in terms of development and curating opportunities for your, your kids and your athletes. And like I said, I had Coach Church down in Virginia Beach to kind of watch my movement and you know critique me and get me right uh, to make sure that I was ready to compete in college and then to carry with me through the league. Um, the same thing with Jalen, man. We got a tremendous – personal team around Jalen to make sure that he's getting the stuff that he needs. And it all started with, if this is what you want to do. So when I asked him, if this is what you want to do, let's go. Because we got little bro behind you. He's ready to go. So I need to make sure if this – and he was like, I'm all in. And so we got him with, you know, he does his performance training and strength training with me. He goes sees, you know, one of the the, the best guys that I know in this world uh, in terms of training is, is Coach Margin Hooks. Shout and out so to it, my guy You know, Hooks. Coach Hooks, Hooks. is going to get you right. And so he trains with Sky's the Limit. Every week you're going to see Jalen. He's going to be training with him. Talk about putting the work in earlier. He's going to train with him. Then he's going to come back in the gym with me. He's going to see his stretch therapist up in Frisco. And so we've, we've, we're treating it for the level that we know he wants to play. He wants to play in college. Let's start treating it that way now, right? And then when you get to college and you choose to try to go to the league, let's go ahead and treat college like where you want to get to. So it was an old phrase, just for the job you want, not the job you have right now. And so that's what we're doing. We're putting that environment around him. And then the good thing about it is that we're putting this around Jalen. He's building his skill set with Coach Hooks. He's getting stronger, getting faster. He's doing all the little things. He's getting more flexible and, and more pliable. And then he just brings that to the scheme that South Lake has. Right, Scott, South Lake has a great scheme for the for the guys to get the ball. They get the ball into their playmakers' hands, and they go make and they and they go make it happen. Right, our freshman team, and, and I think it's I'm not I'm within reason to say that I don't think there's another ninth grade team that could beat South Lake's freshman team right now. Right, as presently constructed, I just don't see from what I've seen, and I watch, I follow social media, I see all these goobs over here, and maybe they're moving their guys up the varsity, and maybe that's why. But right now, as in terms of a ninth grade squad, South Lake is tough. Right, they got a good group of kids, and it's going to be interesting to see their path as they get individually move around. But again, my focus is on Jalen, right? And it, my focus on him is what are we doing to make sure that he's getting the development, the coaching, the instruction, the encouragement, all those things that he needs so that he can move on to his next level, whatever that looks like. And so for us, you know, like I said, we put that good team around them, guys that are going to stay on them, hold them accountable, but also motivate them and encourage them. And then, you know, mom and dad, you know, we right there, little bro, we right there behind them saying, we got your back. And so when he says, this is what I want to do, he's having a great season so far. I think he's averaging like 23 yards a catch, got like nine or ten touchdowns in eight games. Like he's he's balling, right? He's taking five-yard hitches and going, you know, 60 to the house. To the house. Right? He's, he's running he's at the line of scrimmage. Nobody's getting hands on him. And this is just a manifestation of the work that he's put in consistently, right? It's not just, oh, I'm going to go to Hooks once a week. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday morning at 8.30, we're on the road driving out to go train. And if it ain't Sunday, then it's a Friday after school. And if it ain't a Friday, it's just Tuesday after school. We're doing whatever it takes for him to get that building, adding tools to the bag. And then he goes into the gym. Hey, if he lifts at the school, we're going to lift in my gym. Right. He goes and they're working on whatever. We're going to work on our sprint mechanics. We're going to work on our testing because we know that's going to be part of his path as he keeps going forward. And so we're fortunate, again, to one, have the time and opportunity to be able to do these things. But at the same time, it all starts with the athlete. If this is what you want to do. And Jalen has shown that and then it's manifesting on film. So, you know, the film, the honest guy don't lie. No right. Doubt. So it ain't like one of those things where you can talk a good game. Man, I think Jalen is. No, you're seeing it. The kid is is a ball player. He's a great ball player. And the thing that would probably impress all of us in this room is wait till you see that reel of him blocking. 
When we put that blocking reel together and how he's exposed and how he's helped his boys get in the end zone and finish and turn quarterback runs and receiver catches and friggin' uh, running back runs from five yards to 50, when you see that receiver blocking reel that he got, man, you're going to be like, that's a full, that's a re- legit ball player. No doubt. I'm like, routes, and I, I don't see any freshman running routes like him, hands, putting it together, creating separation, but the blocking, that's a sign of unselfishness, and I get it. Football IQ, like you were talking about earlier. So that's what I love about my son, man. He's balling, and uh, I'm excited for his path. He sounds like a kid I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, number six, too. Hold on now. He sounds Hold like on a kid now. I he wears six, too, now. It's, that's something we talk about all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we met several years ago, but that was the most impressive thing besides his body control about Boogie, his blocking. He's tenacious at it. And I asked him about it uh, in a previous show, and I have to post that so y'all can watch it. That's something he takes pride in, and that's what makes the team better. Yeah. And that's the winning mentality and makes the team better down the line. Yeah, now, before to. before we get out of here, Talk tell everybody me. where they can find Fast Performance. Oh, they want yeah. to check you guys out. Absolutely. Social media's uh, website and everything. Absolutely. So our website is the word I train fast with two S's dot com. You go on there, you can navigate, you can go to our, you'll see our training, you'll see our 7-on-7. We will be hosting tryouts in a couple of weeks. Uh, 14U, that's your age as of January 1st, 2023. And also 12U, your age as of January 1st, 2023. We're going to have those two teams doing their workouts in a couple of weeks in South Lake. That'll be on the website. And then um, the training, we're always doing the training, you know, every week. But if you go on there, I train fast with 2S's.com. It has our email, my contact information, all of our social media, as I I train fast, our Facebook, our um, our uh, Twitter, that's on there. And then you can also find our Fast Elite also on, on uh, IG. So Fast, F-A-S-S-T, Elite 7V7. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram. And obviously, like I said, you're going to see us at a tournament near you with some guys that's ready to go. And we take the kids from all over the Metroplex, man. We're expanding, and we're excited to keep this thing going in 2023. Man, well, I appreciate you hopping on, man, today, man. Uh, that, that's what we want to do here at the On Your Mark Show. And definitely this won't be our last. Yeah, you know, yeah. When we get ready to start the 707 season, we're going to do a whole thing each week on 707. You'll be back to talk about yes, that Yes, sir. I'm bit. excited. We'll pause just for a second here at Fishbowl Studios, the On Your Mark Show brought to you by Epic Sports Apparel, Every Player I Compete. We'll be back to talk a little recruiting with my guy Scott Rapp from Prep Reds yes, on Texas. Sir. Yes, sir. What's happening? It's your boy Mark Henry back on the On Your Mark show. Powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Every player I compete. Do you just wake up and go hard? Be epic. We have a new studio home. Fishbowl Studios. The On Your Mark show is going to bring it to you every Wednesday. Every week we're going to talk recruiting, the best games around the state, and in the DFW we'll get parents, players, coaches involved right here at Fishbowl Studios. Wednesday from 11 to 12. You can follow us on Facebook at On The Mark Sports. On Twitter at markhen44 on IG Instagram at markhen underscore 44 we are epic every week check out the on your mark show at fishbowl studios we out probably next week we are back here on the on your mark show prior sponsored by epic sports Apparel. every play I can be from fishbowl studios on the fishbowl network my guy Scott Rapp has brought me a couple of guys he wants to talk about here from prep red zone Texas Scott Let's talk about them a little bit. Who are you guys for me? Uh, the first one is Noah Ferris, class of 2024 quarterback out of Harlan down in the San Antonio area. Uh, a little hidden gem down there. 5'10", 160 pounds. Um, dual threat quarterback, good with the feet as well. His demeanor is super mature for class of 2024. You see him when he runs a play, he just doesn't get rattled. Got great poise. Um, accurate, high-velocity arm. Super good kid. Um, makes real good decisions. Uh, some interesting things about him. Uh, dad was military, so he was actually born in Okinawa, Japan. Um, he played soccer growing up and actually didn't play organized football until middle school. But playing soccer, at the age of 12, he was invited to play on the 16U men's national soccer team. That's me. Wow. So the kid's been an athlete, yeah. and it just translated into him being a quarterback. Um he doesn't need to be in the spotlight, but he's okay with taking that back seat and letting his teammates shine. And I think that's what makes him a good quarterback too. And, and being a leader under center, it, it transfers to the rest of the team. And I think that's good. And the other one is, uh, he actually caught my, caught my eye a couple of weeks ago in the Frisco Heritage Frisco game, uh, Houston Brookshire 
out of Frisco Heritage, six foot two, 175 pounds, uh, class of 2023. The kid is long and rangy, has a huge catch radius, um, wins jump balls easily. Like he was he was a popular target that night in that game, and uh, I mean there was passes thrown that you were like, yeah, that's not going to be caught. But then you would look, and Houston would pull away with it. I mean it was just the kid is athletic and will go get it. Um, He's really, really good at creating separation, and he can find a way to get open. Even though he doesn't look open, he's open. I promise you. Um, interesting things about him, he was actually born in the inner city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's been in the DFW area for about a year. Um, he's one of six children. Uh, big family. They all support him uh, very well. Um, he actually wanted to be an astronomer at one time. That's uh, highly, both of them That's highly dope. intelligent kids. Absolutely. Both carry 4.0 GPAs. So they're both not only performing on the field, but in the classroom as well. And uh, just two kids I wanted to spotlight that have, have really caught my eye recently. Well, that's what we do here. I'm also a scout with Prep Red Zone Texas. We try to shine a light on hidden gems. I and mean, we talk to the big guys, but it's always a guy that flies under the radar. And that's kind of, you know, from a scouting perspective, that's kind of what we do at Prep yeah. Red Zone Texas. But before we get out of here, two games that are coming up. I know everybody's got their eyes on here in the Metroplex. <laughs> we'll start with Southlake, Carroll, and Byron Nelson. Mm. Talk about mm -hmm. that a little bit. Uh, just give me your short answer. We'll start with you, Coach, and we'll go rack around and come back to me. I got Southlake, man. All right. All right. Coach. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the home team. I think Southlake is prepared, and obviously, you know, the coaching staff will have them boys ready to go. Byron's a good team, though, but I got Southlake. Scott, who you got? Rolling with the Dragons. Well, I, I'll be the guy that sticks out like a sore thumb. I think that this is the year that Byron Nelson comes back. Uh, you know, I, know that, I know that coach. Taking I, a chance. I'm Go taking away. a chance on You're Nelson right. defensively. Mm. Um, I think that they got to they got to stop Owen Allen first, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, get to the passing game. Put some, uh, you know, break that monotony up of the Southlake offense. Once Southlake gets you in their radar, that quick game, mm. they get you there. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the year that Nelson gets them. Okay. Now mm -hmm. let's let's look okay. at the big picture okay. now. Right. The big, big one that everybody's looking at. DeSoto, Duncanville. Coach, I start with you. All right. Um <laughs> This is a tough one. Right, right. I, I know. I, I, I'll, Pacific. I'll paint I'll paint right. the picture for you just a little bit. Coach is a DeSoto resident. Right, right, his right. Son, I was about to say, like his son is a DeSoto former player. He's over at DeSoto uh a lot. You know what I'm saying? He knows. I, I know those guys over there well as well. I know a few of the Duncanville coaches and, and players as well. But uh, just just give me your synopsis. You don't have to pick a winner. All right, Coach Sweeney, Coach Mathis, man, don't be mad at me. <laughs> don't be mad at me. I, I got a close game. I, I think um, just looking at Duncanville, um, you know, this year, I, I still think up front, you know, Duncanville is still going to pose a, a huge problem for DeSoto. Skill-wise, evenly matched always, I, I think it's going to come down to the trenches. And, and right now I see advantage, you know, Duncanville. So I'm saying Duncanville in the close game. Coach? Uh, I agree. Similar to the Southlake game that uh, weather may play a factor. Right, and if you can't get that ball in the air, you got to have a strong ground game and guys that can stop the running. I feel like uh, South Lake is in that mode, and same thing with Duncanville. You know, just outside looking in, I'm not down on the south side like y'all, but I do follow you on Twitter and get all the posts and, and updates. But I'm gonna go ahead and say Duncanville uh, with their running backs and that up front guys on both sides. I think they're gonna walk the walk down the field on, on DeSoto. Scott, I agree. Duncanville in a in a good one. Well, Duncanville, the mantra over there is lock the gates. When they lock the gates on you, they don't let you out. <laughs> I, I, now, I will tell you this. I, I've seen both teams probably about three times each. Uh, Duncanville played a team from Florida that they handled very well. The only blemish on DeSoto's uh, record was the uh, St. Francis. Francis. That, that, was, I could talk to about that at the whole show. They had guys that were ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a thing where they had guys at each position that were already, you know, college ready, whereas, you know, DeSoto maybe had two or three in each position. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, DeSoto has the offense to compete. There you go. But who's going to block Simmons? Who's going to block January? Can they solve that? Yeah. Uh, you know, they have three backs that can go over at DeSoto. Mm -hmm. That's, they may be a key. DJ Bailey seems to be burgeoning, uh, one of the top quarterbacks, maybe the people not talking about it in the state, not just in the area. Mm -hmm. If he sets his eyes 
right, uh, you know, and Jante uh, Cook and those guys mm-hmm. get to kind of get in the open field, then it could be a game. But, you know, weather may play a factor. It's supposed to be raining. Yeah. It's going to be heavily on the running game. That defense travels. So Ooh. I'm going to go with Duncanville yeah. just because, you know, who who do they have answer up front? Colin Simmons, number one player, in my opinion, Ooh. on defense in the yeah. class of 2024. Not just in the state, in Texas. Yeah. He can get it done. He does it all. I think that Duncanville, it's in a close one. I want to say 24-21 may come down to the kicking game. Yeah, good point. And Coach Steph, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the other one in the state. That's a big one on Thursday. North Shore and the Tascacita. You know, we both got yes. our boy Derek Blaylock. You know, little Tory, little Tory out there getting work. But they got no show in the Tascacita on Thursday night, so they're going to avoid the weather. So all situ- all systems go. Uh, talk to me, Coach. So, I didn't mean to take a show of them. No, 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 no. I, I may be going to that game. I yeah. may be going to that game. So here, here's the thing with that. Me being a, a you know resident before I moved to, to DeSoto of Atascacita, mm-hmm. I know both programs very well. I know a lot of the kids that are playing now on both programs. Um, me, I'm one of those, you know, you, you have to beat them before I can say you can beat them. Yeah. You know, and, and Atascacita just hadn't got over that hump yet with anybody in North Shore. You know, so I, I got to give the edge to, to North Shore until Atascacita gets over that hump because they've just been able to to handle Atascacita every time they've played. Sure. You know, so I I mean, you know, being from Atascacita is yeah. like you want yeah. them to win, but right. it's like the reality <laughs> yeah. of it is right. North Shore got their number. Right. You know, and, and it's pretty much almost the same. When was the last time DeSoto beat Dungerville? It's been remember. a minute, right? Yeah. It's been over four or five Probably, years. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, a whole crew been, class. Yeah. When they won yeah. state in 2016. Right. So, yeah. again, yeah. you know, it's, it's like how can you root for them until they beat them? Right. You know, and then well, you could say, you know. Well, I happen to grow up in the Houston area, too, and so uh-huh. I kind of know both teams as well. Um, uh, Armandor has been playing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the receiver that moved over is the UTSA commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been playing quarterback since he went uh, – Bailey went down against C. King. Right. Zion Brown yeah. may be the difference. He's the quarterback. Yeah. He's a dog. He's yeah, a dog. He can go. Uh, He's a Greg dog. Conley on defense. Mm-hmm. Corner, one of the top cornerbacks in the state. He's a dog. Mm-hmm. They got a big fella up front. Yeah. 350 pounds. They stay with those. Stay with those. Yeah. So this is, might be the time that this is a task to see this time to, to sneak them. They may not be ready. Right. But on the flip side. It's North Shore. North Shore. Yeah. It's North Depth. Shore. Front, on the front, it's some of the best in the country. It's North Depth. Shore, man. They uh, they lost Bailey right after that and still rushed for over 200 yards. My guy, Baby Bo, Rashad Johnson, mm. one of the best backs in the state. That's my really? dude. Got oh, it man, happy. So, you know, if I'm picking, I, I would go with North Shore with the experience. Right. But don't sleep on Zion Brown is coming out at the victor on that. Yeah. I, I mean, just outside, again, outside looking in, I, but I, I, I see my boy D-Block's post. I follow the kids. And, you know, I want to see, you know, how they're doing because obviously you want to be successful. And I'm, it, I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, man, you know, those guys, they got, they got some dudes on that team. And then you look at North Shore, and you're like, dang, that dude's only a sophomore, and he was starting in the state championship? Mm-hmm. Man, he's only a junior, and he started it, and it's like the experience. But I like that Atascacita played Katie early, right? That so they helps. Saw, they you've saw been, something similar. Yeah, you've yeah. been in the mix. Right. You've been tested. You've been challenged. Right. And it was a close game. It ain't like they got blown out, and then it was a tight yeah. game. And yeah. so it's like, you know, at some point, like you say, you got to punch the bully in the mouth and, and see what it's going to take. But I'm excited. Like I said, that's one of those NFHS games that you hope to, you know, subscribe and pull up because, oh, yeah. man, now, that's going to be on I, online. I'll say the difference is, and, and, and I know, you know, Blaylock, again, my house was right up the street, you know, so we're, we're boys and had the pleasure of, of watching Zion, you know, very early. He's one of those kids every play I compete, mm. meaning, you know, I would go outside and go up to the school. We're getting ready to train. He's by himself, you know, working out, and then dad will show up. So he's beating dad to the school, okay. you know, that kid. And I, I'm not talking about this sixth, seventh grade. Right. You know what I'm saying? We were in the same neighborhood. So the kid got it. Yeah. So I, I'm saying he's probably going to be that difference his senior year. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. But he's right. coming, though. He's I, coming. I, I, okay. You know, I keep he, tracking him. He might be the one to take down North Shore, his guys, his before senior year yeah. before he yeah. leaves. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. As long as they have the, the pieces around them, I, I think they're, they're, they're close, you know, but 
the one thing about North Shore, I, and I heard Up this, front. I and I heard this years ago when I first moved here to Texas, that that North Shore have more guys walking around in their school mm. that don't play football. They can go start wow. <laughs> anywhere. Wow. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, and that just stuck out they in my like head. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just yeah, that's that's impressive. You know. They they just they they got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They have that that system, kind of like your Duncanvilles and South Lakes, and you know they have that that infrastructure where they just keep turning them over. Right. You know they they just I mean they're everywhere. That's, yeah. You know, it's not and like a it, big week in the state, fellas. But then when you yes, think sir. about it, That's look at it like for. this: for North Shore, I, I think, and and I don't know a whole lot of other school districts, but North Shore is probably one of the only school districts that has the the feeder school. That feeds to North Shore only. that know only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Yep. Middle schools. Yep, yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Three middle schools. That makes sense. Nobody else over there. Mm-hmm. There is no other high school. Yeah. So they have a plethora of talent right. that's feeding. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get it. So it's like, and and then when you add the zip code killer, you know the guys. Hey, 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 hey! That's another show in itself. Hey, now that's another show in itself. Again, I am Mark Henry here on the On Your Mark Show on Fishbowl Studios. Big Hen speaks is the last part of the show. Nurture your gifts, man. Put people around yourself that are nurturing your gifts. Use your gifts to your advantage, man. That's what we're doing here on the On Your Mark Show. Again, for Coach Johnson. My guy Willie Powell from Fast Performance and Scott Rapp from Prep Royce Zone, Texas. I am Mark Henry. We'll see you next week here at 11 o'clock for Fishbowl Studios. What's happening? It's your boy Mark Henry back on the On Your Mark show. Powered and sponsored by Epic Sports Apparel. Every play I compete. Do you just wake up and go hard? Be epic. We have a new studio home. Fishbowl Studios. The On Your Mark show is going to bring it to you every Wednesday. Every week we're going to talk recruiting, the best games around the state, and in the DFW we'll get parents, players, coaches involved right here at Fishbowl Studios. Wednesday from 11 to 12. You can follow us on Facebook at On The Mark Sports. On Twitter at MarkHen44 on IG, Instagram at MarkHen underscore 44. We are epic every week. Check out the On Your Mark show at Fishbowl Studios. We out. Hey, this is Shannon.